Six Figure Developer Podcast, the podcast where we talk about new and exciting technologies, professional development, clean code, career advancement, and more. I'm John Calloway. I'm Clayton Hunt. And I'm John Ash. With us today is Dayan Milicic. Dayan is a software craftsman from Novi Sad, Serbia, and developer advocate for RavenDB. Welcome, Dayan. Thank you. Before we get started uh, and get into the meat of things, would you give our listeners a little bit more of an introduction to yourself? You know, perhaps talk about how you got started in the industry. Okay, so I'm essentially a mathematician by trade. Since I live in Eastern Europe, we have a strong tradition of developers being schooled as essentially mathematicians. So that's how I started. It's formally it's computer science, but it's more about mathematics than programming. And then I entered this uh, endless uh, sequence of outsourcing companies I've been working with. And finally, after almost 20 years in outsourcing industry, I got this honor to finally start working with a company, which is actually a product-based company. The, the biggest frustration when you work with outsourcing is that you churn one product after the another. So you work for six months, you deliver something and you start all, all over again. And it can be a bit depressing or demoralizing. But now I, I'm glad I ha- that I have opportunity to work on an actual product where you feel essential ownership and work on something and you produce series of like lasting efforts uh, behind you. Yeah, that's, that's super awesome. Uh, so what, what is a typical day for you? What, what- what are, what are you sort of, uh, problems are you solving on a day-to-day basis? Mm-hmm. Uh, essentially, I read the book where there's this concept of manager of one, and I, I feel my day is like that. So no strict schedule, no strict tasking. I simply look around and pick up what I think could be of uh, best, uh, best value-added story uh, for AventDB. But essentially, I try to uh, support developers who are working with RavenDB, support companies, uh, produce educational content tutorials, uh, participate in the community, and spread awareness overall. Yeah, so we, we had Oren, uh, Oren Amy on, I think, uh, August of last year to talk about RavenDB. And I, I understand there's been uh, continued progression and a lot of advancement in the field in the last half a year or more. What's what's the latest? What's going on over there these days? So I would dare to, to, to label it as gargantuan effort because uh, essentially when you look at the RavenDB, uh, you have two databases. One is key value store and you use it for fetching entities or documents by ID. And the other one is indexing engine, which is used when you query things, when you filter, sort, uh, do full text search, etc. And why I'm saying gargantuan because we are uh, currently replacing Lucene.net, which is used as an indexing engine. So we are developing our own indexing engine, which is called Corex. I think that's Latin for 
the Raven. And uh, in a month or two, we will release first version where Lucene.net has been replaced with Corex. And ideally, it will offer the same functionality, but it will be much, much faster. And uh, even more important in the long run is that we are going to remove this obstacle. So when you have an idea and you have third-party component, you're essentially bounded by this uh, third-party component. So the Raven hopefully will spread its wings after the June. <laughs> so I've, I've listened to, to Oren on various um, uh, videos and, and discussions that he's had with other developers you know, many times over the past uh, 10 plus years. And, um, you know, one thing that's fairly consistent is that he's he's a person that always has that mindset like, oh, I could do that better. Um, but when he originally created RavenDB, <clears throat> he went with Lucene um, instead of creating his own thing. So I guess my question is why, why now? Why replace Lucene now? Um, what... What kind of kicked it off? What what made you decide that you could do a better indexing it? So you're completely right. From the very beginning, there was this strong philosophy of not reinventing the wheel. So whenever possible, uh, Oren and team took advantage of the existing technologies of the of the existing uh, developments and simply built on it. There's there's this phrase standing on the on the shoulders of giants. Uh, However, uh, up to some point, you, you can do that. Uh, when you become too bounded by existing things, maybe it's time to start reconsidering uh, uh, changing things. So version of Lucene is uh, quite ancient, if I may say so. And uh, it became obstacle towards implementing new idea, further optimizations. So it became more of a burden than a solution. Uh, more of of obstacle than the ready-made component you are profiting from. And now it time has come that uh, all other major components have been uh, nicely polished, and now it's time to uh, throw some resources on on such uh, ambitious task as replacing or re-implementing Lucy on your own. Okay, so so you kind of you outgrew it and. And now you're at a you're at a point where it's like okay well you know we've done everything else so now this is our this is the thing that's in our way. Um, are are you going to maintain um, some backwards compatibility for like the the well I could be wrong but I I think originally at least Raven used uh, like a um, was it was it a Lucene syntax for querying um, or am I thinking about something else? So Raven. Clients have different uh, clients have different layers of uh, APIs. So if you want, you can go down there to the bottom and directly query Lucene. For for some time, we are going to develop both uh, Lucene and Corex in parallel. So you will have the choice of choosing which indexing en engine. You will use so this will be gradual change no breaking changes uh you will be able to do your things and say okay let me try corex let me see if i can slash down execution time of my queries or my indexing let's see uh, if lower memory footprint is something i can benefit from 
So there will be this freedom of choice where you will be able to switch uh, index from one indexing engine to another. So hopefully this uh, change will be gradual and uh, it should bring joy, not, not irritation to developers and users. Okay, fantastic. And then for anybody who's who hasn't gone all the way down to to querying directly against Lucene, the other layers will will just flow right through and and call Lucene or Corex or whatever you've got going on. Precisely. So uh, at the moment, let's say from the perspective of C Sharp, we have link providers. So this link provider, of course, will produce uh, RQL queries on the fly. RQL is Raven Query Language. Then this Raven Query Language will be executed against them. And these indexes will be implemented over in core. Might be a good idea to like take a step back and talk about what Lucene is and what is it providing and kind of cover that for folks who don't quite understand. But I was thinking we, we did, we kind of jumped really into the deep end here. Um, it might even be good to like talk about what RavenDB and, you know, just, just to highlight it because I know we have new listeners all the time. You may not have heard the other episode and highlight what it offers, especially compared to other uh, NoSQL databases. Uh, sure. Uh, RavenDB started as uh, this idea in Oren's head. He was working as a consultant. He was observing on a daily basis how developers and companies are creating same uh conditions for running into bits of unsuccess over and over again. Essentially, if you're if you're working with relational databases and if you're not quite experienced, you will produce something like a full table scan, uh, forget to create index, then you go and essentially DDoS your own database with query, which would force database engine to read uh, 100,000 rows from the database. And this idea emerged, okay, same anti-patterns are repeating over and over again. Let's not put Redis in front of the database to make everything faster. Let's completely resolve the basic causes of these problems. Hmm. And then inspired by Couchbase, he started working on what will become um, a, a RavenDB somewhere around spring of 20. Then I think, and he is a prolific blogger and lots of people were watching in, let's call it real time as he was blogging about his thoughts and uh, building this engine. And it was fascinating. I, I remember back then you are observing as someone is building database. And I think apart from building your own operating system, database is next most complicated thing you can <laughs> you can start working on clayton why haven't you writing my own database yeah i thought about it but um <laughs> like 10 years ago when I, it was over 10 years ago um when oren was talking with one of the developers that i listened to about raven he made it sound awfully complicated <laughs> 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 I mean, I'm just saying, like, I, you started I, a a car, you're, you're like, working in that yeah, no, direction, no, I, you're I, working I, on, like... Yeah, I, I love complicated things, and I, I would do it, um, but, well, and I, I did, I did try, I would, but I was writing it in, um, I was going to write a database 
file system thing for uh, the operating system that I started. But, but I haven't picked up the operating system in a while. So I'll write a database when I write the operating. Okay, okay. I apologize for interrupting. No, no, but I just remember Doran, uh, I think he's currently finishing his latest book uh, where he is implementing uh, Soy database in C, I think. So you have it on his GitHub. We may leave a link in the, in, in the podcast. Perfect. Task. And Fantastic. I'm not sure if that, if like building of a database is a building of a car or a car factory. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what analogy is. Anyway, okay. uh, what he did, he uh, people like this idea. Uh, he was obsessed with performance. Uh, one very very peculiar thing he picked up C sharp as an implementation language. I think he mentioned somewhere recently he wouldn't, like, if he is repeating the same part now, he wouldn't be selecting C-sharp as language, but we ended up with C-sharp. And in the end, it, uh, the, the path to the present state of RavenDB was a bit curvy, but I think it's now materializing into a good choice because now RavenDB is, again, sitting on top of .NET. Now it's not even .NET Core anymore is just, it's again .NET, I think. And benefiting from from a team which is doing heavy optimizations on the framework itself and the, the CLR. Uh, so it's really, really performant data. So overall, this is database which can be your um, main application database and it's not a relational database. Actually, it's multi-model database which which is a concept that emerged uh, back in 1990s, along with uh, poly, mm, was was the right term, multilingual programming. I cannot recall, but there's this concept that uh, today, if you're using, uh, if you're building application, if you want to use machine learning, you will probably go with Python for that part of, of your application. And for something else, you will go with C sharp and maybe for for third part, you may go with uh, something else like, I don't know, uh, Ruby or whatever. And same philosophy can be applied to the databases. You should be using the most appropriate tool for the task. So, for example, if you're building Internet of Things application, you will have stream of uh, huge ongoing stream of numerical values. Then you can use time series feature of RavenDB as most appropriate modeling tool to store it index and then query it. Uh, RavenDB is built, we, we mentioned Lucene. Lucene is one of the best full text search solutions in the market. Either if you go with paid ones or free ones, uh, Lucene is like solid piece of technology. And For now. And uh, because of that choice, RavenDB is natively supporting full text search uh, <clears throat> features like uh, spatial queries, highlights, all of that. And that's also nice because you are building your application and probably in eight out of 10 cases, you need full text search capabilities. So you don't need to, to go with a, a Solar or Elasticsearch. You have full text search engine built in uh, inside of the database. Yeah. Uh, so that was one of my questions is, is the Lucene 
Uh, is that the same Lucene that we might be familiar with if we've used something like Azure Search or, or something similar? Is, is this all the same Lucene across the board? To be completely frank, I don't know what they're using under the hood. Okay. But this should be this solid piece of technology you probably be using on a daily basis mm-hmm. uh, during the course of one working day when, when your browser runs, you will use it somewhere sooner or later. So that that uh, that makes me wonder. So uh, Corex is being built for RavenDB to replace uh, the way that RavenDB is using Lucene. Will it also be a separate library that people could like, will it become a competitor for Lucene, or is it highly customized to RavenDB and wouldn't, wouldn't necessarily work in other places? To the best of my knowledge, there's nothing too specific customized to RavenDB. Uh, it could be released as, as a separate component or product, but there's no intention for, it, for that right now. It would took some effort to, to pull it out of the RavenDB because then again, uh, RavenDB has lots of these specialized solutions for high-performance computing. So, for example, there's something called Voron, which is now Raven in Russian. Uh, and this is used for uh, storing uh, actual data on the disk. So then you would have to pack together uh, Raven and, uh, and Voron together and deliver that as, as a product or, or component package and then uh, uh, support people using it. And uh, you, you have one more marriage with one more product to support. And looking for Corax on, uh, on RavenDB and iandae.com, it looks like back in 2014, Oren had posted the Corax Experiment API. So it sounds like just re reusing these same names and concepts. Uh, and I'm wondering if is, is there something out there, um, a blog post, an article, or something describing any of of the the work that has that the team has started developing on. I think he's leaving the trace traces him here and there, but I think we are yet to. Uh, uh, see series of blog posts because that's what he's usually doing. He's take he's taking one topic like encryption, for example, and producing like sitting and produce writing and producing 14 blog posts uh, about the topic. So I think we are yet to see and I'm following uh, uh, internally development and optimizations. And there's even something very, very interesting. We had this a great guy uh, from Argentina, uh, Federico. And he's doing very interesting things like doing statistical analysis of the branching and trying to predict upfront uh, and and do predictive branching. So sometimes you will win, sometimes you will lose, but overall, uh, uh, as if you are, for example, trading on the stock market, if you win five times and lose two times overall, you, you won. So there's even that kind of lever, le, uh, level of devotion to the optimization, even to the statistical probability of execution of certain branches. So uh, what else is, is happening at, uh, at RavenDB HQ? Is there any other projects uh, outside of uh, Corax that are uh, underway, improvements or, or changes that might be coming up? So overall, uh, 
I could say that the effort now is that more or less RavenDB is becoming complete. Effort is devoted into two directions. One is uh, covering these last big uh, features which are missing. Uh, along with CoreX, now we have technical capabilities of uh, offering sharding. So this is probably the last biggest feature that was missing. And it, it's quite interesting because in reality, when you look, look at it, at the moment, RavenDB is supporting up to 15 terabytes of data. 15 terabytes is probably something like 15 billion to 20 billion documents. But nevertheless, for some reason, probably looking at other databases which are using sharding as an optimization mechanism, people are asking for. So along with CoreX, uh, sharding will be uh, provided. And as I said, I think that's the last biggest feature that's missing. That's one, one direction. Uh, the other direction is that when you're building something like a database, you are essentially building component of an enterprise system. So someone will use database to build application or microservices, and then you will be part of the bigger system. And uh, your application, which is using RavenDB, might be pushing data into a local Elasticsearch instance. So one of the things we implemented is uh, ETL, so extract, transform, and load task from RavenDB into Elasticsearch, even though RavenDB is supporting everything that Elasticsearch supports, but you want to be a good team player. So when someone picks up RavenDB, maybe this organization has a dozen more subsystems which are pushing data into uh, existing Elasticsearch instance. So this third-party support integration efforts are ongoing, like uh, we on our roadmap, we have support for Kafka uh, and other highly populous. Could you um, just jump back and give a little bit of ex explanation of what sharding is and why people might be asking for it? Mm -hmm. So sharding essentially is uh, splitting database. Usually you start with the database on a single disk. So for example, on my laptop, I now install database and create uh, I inst install a database management system, to be more precise, and create the database, start filling data, and that's, let's call it non-sharded database. At one point, I can say, okay, now my database is the bigger than the biggest hard drive I can purchase in the market. And then I go and use the feature of the database management system, which is called sharding, essentially splitting my uh, database into multiple pieces, which will be placed on the different machines and different disks. And yet, a uh, database management system will provide the illusion of a single uh, database at my disposal. So this is uh, disassembling and reassembling data on the fly behind the scene without me thinking, okay, where's uh, this document? Is it on, on my disk or is it on some other's disk, etc., uh, etc.? Et uh, this historically was intended to uh, provide additional storage capacities, which are beyond the biggest disks, but also this is something that could be used in certain approaches to 
speed up data access in certain databases. And historically, uh, it should be extension of the storage, but uh, some people also see it as, you know, people have checklists and then they will say, okay, I'm picking up a new database. My manager will ask me, does it support sharding? Even though <laughs> uh, we won't go over, I don't know, 100 or 500 megabytes, or, sorry, gigabytes. And uh, I don't care if this database supports up to 10 or 15 terabytes of data. I want to see sharding supported because just because in 2050, 2060, we may grow over certain threshold. I gotcha. Yeah, that sounds pretty complex. I can kind of see why you would hold off on that. That's one of the first things to be working on. And I also think there was a technical obstacle, if I remember correctly, uh, primary keys or identifiers in Lucene are limited by the choice of the underlying data type. So somewhere around some amount of billions was the limit. Now that limit will also go away. Cool. Um, so on the <clears throat> on the sharding, I know other databases you have to kind of define the the sharding key. I don't, I don't know that I haven't done it, so I don't know the name, mm -hmm. but you know, you have to, it's like, you're going to shard based on this value. Is that something that you'll have to do in Raven or will Raven somehow intelligently decide how to split the data? So I don't know proper terms, but you could say uh, what you just described, let's call it soft sharding, where you are uh, providing, let's say you could shard on the geographical location. Uh, if you have five servers around the world, five continents, you would like to provide data, uh, use the data residing on the closest geographical location. This is something that you can do on your own. Uh, here we are speaking about completely hidden uh, sharding strategy, which should work uh, unrelated and, and not demanding any of the decisions you would have to make. Okay, so so fully automated magic happens behind the scenes. Fully automated and even providing multiple copies of each shard. Because if you split your database in, in three shards, uh, what happens if machine that's holding third shard goes down? You want to have copy of that third shard. So it's, it's multiple copies of each shard. So it's like uh, orthogonal or, or matrix-like concept. I like that. So what else? What what else have we missed, or what else are you would you like to make sure that our listeners are aware of, or or uh, be on the lookout for, or do more reading on on their own to just be up to speed with all that RavenDB has to offer, and and what we can look forward to being released in the near future. Well, one nice feature I like personally very much. I'm using it myself as a on the RavenDB Cloud, which was released, uh, I think, three years ago, uh, we released RavenDB Cloud. And uh, on this cloud, you have option to go and create one node cluster, which is completely free. And this is very nice, because if you have hobby project or uh, if you're starting experiment with something, you can use this uh, to support decent number of requests per second, basically your hobby project can grow to, to substantial size before you say, okay, now I need to go and pay for my data. 
And I, I think lots of people are not aware of this. I'm trying uh, to, to spread awareness. But this is this is very nice because you get small Dockerized instance of RavenDB and complete license and storage space, and you just need to start writing the code, reading and writing to in front of it. So this is this is nice. Other than that, I'm I'm trying to spread awareness and to educate people and to help them because one of my goals is to provide painless uh, experience, so pure satisfaction when you're working. I remember myself, whenever I was using a relational database, I was, I wouldn't say I was, I was carrying traumas, but I noticed I was planning Redis automatically in front of my database. To, to add caching layer, and I, I'm, I'm always starting thinking, okay, if I go with this uh, data model, Will it become slow over time? And my initial reaction to that, okay, I'm not an expert. I need to learn more because that, that's normal reaction from, from every person. Then over time, I, I'm starting meeting more and more developers who are having the same experience. For example, you're using SQL Server. You employ entity framework, and there's always this 20% of, of your code, which is suboptimal, and you go and replace that with Dapper or handwritten query or something like that. So I'm trying to uh, bring awareness that this could be full application database. Probably the biggest challenge is when developer tries out DriveDB and goes to his or her manager, then the manager says, what is this database? I never heard about it. <laughs> I experienced that myself. So that actually kind of segues into a really good section here, which is, you know, folks who are looking to get started with RavenDB, are there special resources or documentation that you might point people to to help them get going? Although you just mentioned the the RavenDB cloud, which sounds like a great place to like get an instance up that you can start working against. But um, and then you also mentioned that scenario of, oh, hey, this is something that's great. I've been playing this ra- playing around with this. This looks good. How do you, are there resources that you guys have that sort of help sell that to the managers, help bring the story that the dev- that a developer can kind of present to his team and his, to get that buy-in that he needs? So we have two resources. One of them is demo.rabindb.net, which is, live executable examples of the coding. And not only that you can uh, look at the detailed explanation of the code samples, you actually have a play button which will execute that code you're looking at against actual database. So you, on the fly, new uh, database will be created for you. Code will be executed actually against actual database. And the other nice thing is... uh, live-test.ravenTB.net, which is completely open, unprotected, of course, instance. You just open that in your browser and you start working with RavenDB. And overall, this is one of the things I didn't mention, that Raven Studio is a web application served by the database. So you get both database and a web server, of course, specialized one, which is serving its own uh, management 
So, but on live test, if you go to live-test.revitb.net, you, you, you're in right away without need to register anything or authenticate you, you're in and you can create your da own database and start working. You even in studio have a sample data seeder, which will seed Northwind database data set uh, in your empty data. Sometimes I, when I want to, to, to try out some queries or, or some features, I go there because that's the fastest. You just open the browser and within like 15 seconds, you have data set seeded and you can start querying your data. Uh, what has been helpful in your career that you might share with those just getting started or those maybe looking to level up their own career? Well, I think there's, when, when you start reading, when you get to a certain age, as I am, of course, like, midlife crisis, you start thinking in which direction you want to push your career, because you have this uh, typical choice of individual contributor or manager. And then you start thinking, okay, and uh, uh, high level of management are, are forcing you to become an engineering manager or director of engineering. And I've been director of platform engineering at the previous company, but I like to code. That's what I am. Coder, essentially. And this is third choice, third possible choice. This is interesting position because you have combination of soft skills, social skills, and you're still coding and you are doing demo projects, but without any hard deadlines or dissatisfied customers, you, you, you are your developer working for other developers. And I think companies like uh, JetBrains, I, I bet develop, developers like it there. So developers are very grateful and great audience. If you find if you can find a position where you can produce content for fellow developers, that's that's awesome. So uh, if I may give advice to, to developers, uh, there's multiple career choices. You if if you're if you're thinking about it, if you're creative, you can create your own position in the end. Because every single developer advocate or, or position of this caliber is individual and every company has its own needs and the communities are different. So if you're passionate about something like I was, uh, you may end up working with these same guys you were admiring from, from far, far away. Where can our listeners go to follow you and keep up with what you're working on? Uh, at the moment, I think I'm most active on Twitter. So my first handler is first and last name with, with lots of uh, repeating letters. And uh, I'll soon start producing. Uh, we have new super uh, fresh project, which will be RavenDB Academy. So I will start soon producing some more educational content, which is something that for even DB. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for joining us this evening. This has been fantastic. We will be sure to include all the links to everything in the show notes. And, um, you know, if there's anything that we can do for you or anything that you need from us, be sure just to, to let us know. But uh, again, thanks. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. That was Dayan Milicic. Dan is a software craftsman from Novi Sad, Serbia, and developer advocate for RavenDB. If you like this episode, please like, rate, and review on iTunes. Find show notes, blog posts, and more at sixfiguredev.com. And catch us live each week on Twitch. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at SixFigureDev.
This has been another episode of the Six Figure Developer Podcast, helping others reach their potential. I'm John Calloway. I'm Clayton Hunt. And I'm John Ash. 